With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Future Brew Hour Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on SB Nation Podcast Network here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend, John Simmons. Johnny Boy, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Vaughn. Uh, let's get started. Yeah, I, uh, I we, we've got an interesting show this week, and I think it's a little more interesting than usual. There's not a ton of recruiting going on. Quite honestly, it's still the dead period. It'll be the dead period for about uh, another week or so. But there are a few developments here that I think we should talk about. And let's just we'll, we'll jump into football right now and we'll get to uh, some basketball later on. So let's just start on the gridiron with Donovan Edwards. He is one of the top players in the state of Michigan in the 2021 class. He is a running back. Uh, he is a number 33 overall on the 24-7 composite rankings right now. He's actually ranked as the number one player in Michigan after the uh, new rankings came out last week. Uh, he plays at West Bloomfield, running back 5'11", 190, being recruited by pretty much everybody in America. Uh, he had pretty much been all Michigan crystal balls up until the last few days where uh, a few crystal balls came in for Ohio State, uh, most notably Alan Treu, uh, one of the uh, top Midwest recruiting experts on 24-7 sports, uh, put his crystal ball in for Ohio State. He previously had it as Michigan, so definitely not good news when a uh, Michigan crystal ball goes 
uh, in the opposite direction there to your arch rival. And uh, Steve Wiltfong also put one in for Ohio State, as did uh, one of their other recruiting insiders on 24-7 Sports, Clint Brewster. So uh, not good news, uh, especially considering, in my opinion at least, I had, we had talked about Donovan a few podcasts ago, and I had said how, in my opinion at least, I think he is the top player that Michigan needs to get in the 2021 class, not just because it's a position of need at running back, but because of where he's at, because of how highly he's ranked. And you got to keep these kinds of kids uh, that are in your backyard uh, at home and definitely not go to the bad guys. So uh, not good news to see, John, I guess. How did you first uh, react when you saw these Ohio State crystal balls roll in? And uh, obviously it looks like a, uh, a not a great sign for Michigan at the moment. Yeah, just another kind of gut punch feeling, um, especially, you know, it's flipping to Ohio State, the biggest rivals, like you mentioned, um, and Michigan had looked like they're in such a good position for a long time. They've uh, gotten the most visits out of him. He was just on campus in late January, and then all of a sudden, uh, Ohio State finds a way to pull ahead uh, from what sources are saying. So it's just kind of that type of out of nowhere kind of uh, blindside hit that makes you, uh, you know, do a double take. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the disappointing part, uh, to me, it's definitely going to be a fight for Edwards. No one thought that it wouldn't be since he's such a big talent. He has offers from seemingly every school in the country and he always seems to be picking up more. Um, so it was going to be a fight, but a guy right in Michigan's backyard, they got two of his teammates last year. Uh, his head coach, is a former football player at Michigan himself and a big advocate for the program. Um, you know, it just, you can't really lose these guys if you want to close the gap with Ohio state and uh, catch up talent wise on the roster. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a lot of, a uh, lot of guys in the corner for Michigan. Like you had said, uh, Makari page being like the, the main guy, uh, that that he's really good friends with, really tight with, and ended up going to Michigan in this 2020 class. So obviously good news there. Obviously good news that his uh, head coach right now uh, at West Bloomfield went to Michigan. But Bellamy is a little more laid back when it comes to the recruiting aspect of things in terms of pushing kids toward one school or another. He doesn't really do much of that. He's always been the kind of guy that lets the kid make the decision. He'll give his input every now and then if a kid asks for it, but he's not uh, putting his recruiting hat on for the Wolverines by any means. But it is always nice that uh, he's able to tell some tales from a Michigan football pass if the kids ever ask for it. So um, I'm sure he would enjoy Donovan and all these other highly ranked kids going to Michigan, but at the end of the day, it's just impossible for all of that to happen. Um, But I think it is definitely uh, something to worry about. Um, and, and like you said, he, he is getting offers pretty much uh, every other day. He most most recently got one from Texas A&M. He had one from Texas pretty recently. He got one from USC recently. And uh, he went and visited Georgia, I think, at the beginning of the month as well. So he's kind of just getting offers and, and taking visits all over the country. It's not just a Midwest battle with Michigan and Ohio State and uh, some of these other uh, powerhouse schools in the Midwest. He's getting pulled in every which way direction possible. So uh, 
not just with Ohio State, but with Georgia especially. I know that he really enjoyed his time on Georgia's campus a few weeks ago. I know that his dad had uh, talked about that visit with, uh, I think it was Sam Webb who interviewed him over at uh, WTKA. Um, But definitely not good news, John. Uh, I I really think that he's like the top guy at the board, uh, guy at the top of the board for Michigan in 2021. They really need to lock him down. Uh, you know, just with it being a position of need at running back, they're going to probably take, I would imagine, at least two guys in this class after taking, I, I guess they took two technically with Gage Garcia, but um, his scholarship situation is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's going to count toward football or just wrestling or both, uh, but you would imagine that he probably won't get a ton of run at Michigan and probably more be uh, with Blake Corum, who was their top guy in 2020. Uh, but you laid it out pretty nicely. I thought John in uh, this article that you had a uh, post on mazenbrew.com uh, just a couple days ago about the target board for the running backs. And you've got the series going on, uh, going through pretty much every position uh, that Michigan's going to be going after in the 2021 class. And, and you had Donovan Edwards as the top target uh, overall. So uh, Michigan, at the very least at this point, John, uh, they're going to have to play catch up a little bit if they want to secure that top target, uh, Donovan Edwards. Uh, I mean, he is such, a, such an important player in this class for Michigan. I, I think that if you let him go to Ohio State, this could be – I, I'm not trying to hype this up just to make it sound like a bigger deal than it is because it is a big deal. But I think if you lose him to Ohio State, this could be one of the biggest recruiting losses uh, in the Harbaugh era. Yeah, it would definitely uh, be worse than someone like Mike Weber going from Cast Tech going to Michigan, I'd say, uh, even though that was kind of a last minute flip because um, at least – Michigan got Kron Higdon out of the deal on the same day. Um, but I think this kind of goes it, – it goes back a lot to what we talked about. Uh, maybe it was last month when Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 kind of caused the last <laughs> meltdown on Michigan boards over uh, by saying that he doesn't think Michigan coaches, uh, starting with Jim Harbaugh, recruit as hard as they uh, could be or are putting in as much effort. And I think – that's kind of been reflected in some of the, like uh, what's been said with you know Edwards' dad in the interview with Sam Webb and things like that about how uh, Will Fong's one of his biggest uh, points making that argument was that uh, Harbaugh isn't a nine inning recruiter. He's still kind of that old school closer guy where he'll let the assistants do a lot of the work and then he'll step in later and uh, kind of seal the deal. Um, meanwhile, you know Ryan Day, James Franklin, these types of guys are contacting um, the, their recruits going to, the, to visits in schools and stuff like that as, as often as their assistants are. And uh, Edward's dad talked about how uh, he has a really good relationship with both Tony Alford, their running backs coach, and Ryan Day. And at Michigan, he's developed a really good relationship with Jay Harbaugh, but he's still looking to form that with Jim. Um, so I think that's like that's evidence of a recruitment where – it's it's where it's uh, one that Harbaugh needs to the elder Harbaugh needs to step in more and be. Yeah, more I think so, it, too. So. And I definitely remember uh, Wilt Fong popping up on uh, the Michigan Insiders board and, and dropping that opinion of his. And, and people didn't really take that uh, very well. But 
honestly, it's the it's the truth, and uh, the truth hurts sometimes. And the bottom line is, I I think Jim does need to step up in these recruiting situations uh, more often than not. And he will take his recruiting trips every now and then. But if you look at it historically, it's pretty much been the Josh Gaddises and the Chris Partridges of the world where they're going in and they're pretty much saving a recruitment. If you didn't have Chris Partridge, uh, you wouldn't have gotten guys like Rashawn Gary. Uh, and and I, I, I know that Ed Warner has done a really nice job on the recruiting trail since he's been in Ann Arbor as well. So you got to give him credit for building up the offensive line uh, in the few years that he's been at Michigan as well. So uh, if it weren't for, the big time assistant coaches going on on the recruiting trail and and uh, filling the gaps needed. Um, you know who who knows how recruiting would be at uh, or be like at Michigan if uh, if if Harbaugh took a, a a bigger role in it. It could be a lot better than what it's been, and it hasn't been bad by any means. And I don't mean to turn this conversation into uh, you know the tips and tricks to how to beat Ohio State on the recruiting trail or how to be better at recruiting because I've clearly never recruited for a college in my life. But I would imagine that if you're seeing Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban and uh, James Franklin and Urban Meyer, when he was at Ohio State, and now with Ryan Day, he's continuing that tradition of, of really going out and making his presence made on the recruiting trail. He, he takes photos with kids all the time, and they post them, and these kids seem really excited to to be with these coaches because they are really, really good recruiters. And then you see these same kids post photos with Josh Gaddis or whoever it may be. So I, I honestly do think that Jim Harbaugh needs to step up uh, on the recruiting side of things, especially with these big time recruits in the state of Michigan in 2021, because there are a ton of them, not just Donovan Edwards. There's a ton of really, really talented kids in state that they need to keep uh, in state and have them go to Michigan um, or else the gap is just going to keep uh, uh, getting wider with, especially with Ohio state. Cause oh, you would imagine that if, if they're not going to Michigan, these top-ranked kids are probably going to Ohio State. They're probably going to Notre Dame or uh, other schools that you would probably vomit to, uh, considering that these are high-ranked kids in the state of Michigan not choosing to go to Michigan. So I guess that's the end of my uh, little rant there, uh, John. So anyways, let's get back to running backs in general, because like I said, uh, you you laid this out pretty nicely in this article here with, with you previewing these these uh, positions that they're going to go after in 2021. Luckily though, let's just say Edwards does go somewhere else. Um, Michigan has some pretty nice options here. They got a couple five stars that they're also going after. Uh, Travion Henderson, uh, I I think 24-7 actually has him as the number one running back in the country in this class. He's from Virginia. Uh, He is a five-star in the composite. He's 27 overall. And then you got Kamar Wheaton. He's from Texas. Would probably be a, a... a harder pull uh, considering he's from the state of Texas and Michigan historically hasn't really recruited Texas all that well. He is a five-star. He's number 10 overall and uh, number one ranked overall composite running back. So um, just the fact that they got two five-stars in the mix in the event that Edwards doesn't commit to Michigan. Um, you know, Jay Harbaugh has been doing pretty good on the recruiting trail, just getting Michigan in these recruitments and, uh, uh, definitely a, a testament to what he's been able to bring to the table as far as recruiting goes. So definitely a good job on Jay's part. 
Yeah, there's definitely some uh, dominoes to fall here that could end up helping Michigan with these top backs. Um, you know, uh, they, they're going hard after Travion Henderson, like you said. Uh, he's got some Chris, some Clemson crystal balls. Uh, they're, they're going after him, which is always a, a big, a tough hill to climb. Um, but they were initially recruiting him as a defensive back where he's also really good, but Henderson really wants to play running back. Um, but the problem is that Clemson is also recruiting Will Shipley, another five-star all-purpose type guy. Um, so if they land him, you know, there's uh, notoriously pretty small classes for Clemson. So they're, it's not sure um, if they'll have room for Henderson at running back, which is probably why they wanted him on defense to begin with. So if they land Shipley, that could push uh, Henderson even more up towards the Northern schools. Um, Ohio State's also a contender there, but they're, uh, Ohio, the Buckeyes are also in on Edwards, like we just talked about at length, and also uh, Evan Pryor, a guy from North Carolina, who should be deciding in April, and Ohio State's kind of a pretty big uh, leader there. So if they land Pryor Edwards, then Michigan can get Henderson. Um, I'm not saying that they can't straight up just beat the other schools for Henderson, but when you're going against Clemson and Ohio State, it, it always helps to have uh, those advantages too. Um, and Henderson would be a total steal. He's He won the Gatorade Player of the Year for Virginia last year. He had something like 50 touchdowns and 3,000 yards on the ground, and he's just an electric player that's going to be a game changer from day one. Uh, Wheaton's kind of an interesting guy. He, he seems a little bit more of a reserve quiet type that uh, maybe isn't kind of like the typical Texas football player that you think of, um, you know, looking at Zachary Evans, another five-star running back from the state this Polar year. Polar opposites. Kind of exact opposite. He might not be, yeah, he might not be one that wants to stay in the Southeast or in Texas, um, you know, go to be a Longhorn or whatever. He, it looks like, it seems like he actually really wants to go to a place that values academics and, uh, well, it won't just be there for football, and Michigan certainly fits the bill there. Jay Harbaugh has done a good job connecting with him. Um, I know he has an Oklahoma crystal ball right now, but that's been a while since it's been put in. Um, they'll, they'll certainly still be in it, but uh, Michigan just has to get him to visit. He was up on campus last year at some point, um, but they should get him up again. Um, if, they, if they could land an official from from Wheaton like they did, like they already have planned with Henderson, then that would be huge. Yeah, I agree. And I think with the addition of Brian Jean Mary, uh, you know, going in to places that Michigan hasn't recruited all that well, uh, Texas being the main one, and I, I know that they've recruited Florida decently well uh, without him, but I think they're going to really step up their game in the states of Florida and Texas. Uh, he, he's already uh, dipped his hand a little bit into the state of Texas, and I would imagine that uh, he he would certainly help with with guys uh, like Kamar Wheaton as well. So uh, other than those guys, you, you mentioned uh, Corey Kiner, who kind of seems to be uh, up in the air at this point. It seemed like he was a, a Michigan favorite for a hot second there, and then it kind of went foggy. Um and no one really knows what he's doing right now. Uh, it, it looks like it could be Michigan one day and then Ohio State the next day. And then I know that he had been linked to Cincinnati as well. Um, so that, that one kind of seems up in the air. But a guy that I'm interested in learning a little more about is Prophet Brown, who is a guy that they had offered about a month ago. 
And he was unranked at the time when they offered him. And then with the new re-ranks, they bumped him up to a four-star on the composite. And I, I ha- he's listed at uh, 337 overall. Uh, he's more of an all-purpose kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how the dominoes fall with the running back board in general. Because there are a lot of really good fallback options, um, uh, including Prophet Brown and uh, Marquise Irving being a, another guy from Illinois. Uh, there are just a ton of uh, ton of options at running back at this point in the class. And uh, you, you had mentioned in this article for your prediction uh, that that Michigan would land Donovan Edwards and then uh, end up getting a guy like Prophet Brown or Marquise Irvin or A.J. Green uh, at some point. Um, do you still feel pretty confident about this Edwards thing, given the uh, – the crystal balls uh, rolling in over the last couple of days to Ohio state, or do you think you're, you're still going to have your class prediction kind of just stay the way it is for now? Yeah, definitely not as confident. That was bad timing (laughs) on the publishing of that article. I think it happened right before that one or of all those crystal balls came in. Um, Yeah, but still uh, it was, I, I still think that there's it's not a total done deal that he goes to Ohio State. Um, I think it's interesting that all this drama is happening during the dead period where you, uh, coaches aren't allowed to contact recruits um, themselves. They can't just text someone um, from their phone or call them. They can still talk with them, but the prospect has to call them first. So really it's just coaches getting hounding um, – Michigan coaches hounding uh, the the – players coaches or his family members or something to get him to get the player to call them or text them so they can talk um so that makes it seem like that michigan kind of doesn't push as hard during this this month off um to get to keep into contact with them and get them on the phone as often as they would during a contact period while other schools like ohio state are probably pushing more to uh stay in touch and keep that uh keep that conversation open and flowing. So it, uh, you know, it kind of gives those other schools a chance to wriggle their way back into these, um, these races, which is just another point of, of why Michigan should be uh, probably putting in a little more effort. Like this is purely speculation, but it kind of seems to add up with what comments have been made about the staff and it just lines up with the calendar right there. So once this period's over in the next four days um, and, Coaches can start contacting guys. They can go um, on campus and have visits again. Um, I think that it, that it might help the pendulum swing swing uh, back in Michigan's favor a little bit. Um, so I want to wait and see, you know, how long this Ohio State surge lasts. If Michigan can get him back on campus, if he takes official visits, um, I know he wants to decide in the summer. So I assume he'll be here for an official in the, the spring. Um, so I want to see how that all plays out before I'm ready to definitively give up on Edwards. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, once the dead period is over, if I were uh, on the Wolverines coaching staff, I would have, I'd have Jim, I'd have Jay, I'd have Maddie Dudek. I'd have pretty much everybody in on a conference call with Donovan Edwards. He would be the first guy that I call. You just can't lose a top target to Ohio state. Uh, You just, you can't do it. I would like on the Wolf of wall street, you pick up the phone and you start dialing. That's what you got to do. So, um, so hopefully they are able to, uh, to do that once the dead period is lifted and uh, get a good phone call in with, 
with uh, Donovan, and and I would imagine that he'd probably be back on campus uh, either in the spring or the summer or both. Uh, he he's local enough to where he could probably pop down and visit at any time, and uh, know that he's probably always welcome. So. Uh, Johnny Boy, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll we'll hit these uh, other target boards uh, that you had laid out on mazenbrew.com and uh, we'll talk a little hoops as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, we are back. We are going to wrap up our show today with... Uh, a little more on uh, these target boards, and we'll hit basketball right at the end. Uh, let's start with the wide receivers, John. You had laid this out also. You can check out all of these on amazingbrew.com. John has done uh, a really nice job uh, filling these out for us, and, and hopefully these are informative uh, to you guys if you're not too familiar with uh, the guys that Michigan is going to be going after in this 2021 class. Wide receiver is a pretty interesting one because it hasn't – I feel like it hasn't really fully developed all that much. I think it's going to develop more uh, in the spring and summer when they get guys on campus and, and they really decide which guys they really want to go after. But top target, I, I tend to agree with who your top target is on this list. You have Malcolm Johnson Jr. I would probably agree with that one. He's a four-star. Uh, he is at number 166 overall on the composite and uh, he's 6'1", 185 from Maryland. Um, so he's in pretty familiar territory for Michigan football recruiting. Uh, he's a speedster. He is uh, a track star. Uh, he, he does both at his high school at St. Stephen's and St. Agnes. So um, I believe he visited for a game last year, John, and uh, hopefully they're able to get him back up on campus again. Yeah, he visited for the the Notre Dame game, um, which I don't think that was really reported until recently when he got the he got a pretty nice bump um, in twenty four sevens latest rankings. He was like right on the fringe of a four star, and now he's almost the top one hundred fifty player. So uh, Josh Gaddis had a good evaluation there to get in on him early. Um, clearly, he loves his speed, um, the size where he can play both inside uh, in the slot or outside. Uh, he's He's definitely one of the top targets 
if not the, the overall top target at wide receiver. Um, I th- think he's he's a very deliberate uh, prospect. He's going to take his time, uh, make sure his, his school that he chooses checks all the boxes, wants to see a lot of different places. So this one's going to – this recruitment will probably take a while. I think he's already said that he's planning on taking right up until December. Um, right now, it's there's a lot of local schools like NC State, um, UNC, who's doing a really good job in recruiting in 2021 so far. Um, schools like that are pushing, but he also has a lot of national offers as well. So um, this one will be one to watch moving forward. Um, I think Michigan definitely is in his, his top group right now if you had to make one, um, but it's, you know, just about getting him back on campus and uh, staying in touch with him, getting, making him feel. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think you wanted. made a really good point in this uh, article as well, that uh, they really, M- Michigan seemed to fill up on more of the smaller slot guys, more of like the Mike Sanders, still Giles Jackson kind of wide receivers in this last recruiting class. And uh, I would imagine that they would probably go more after the, prototypical Nico Collins of the world. And and you could probably throw in uh, some of the smaller uh, kind of guys like Ronnie Bell, kind of guys at six feet, six feet one that are fast enough that can still play on the outside. And uh, I, I think Christian Dixon would be a pretty good addition to Michigan. He's going to be another guy that they go after. Right now it kind of seems like Notre Dame and those other uh, Western uh, uh, schools like USC – and uh, uh, places like that are probably out front right now. He plays at Matter Day uh, in California. He's 6'2", 187. Um, I I would imagine that Michigan would probably ramp up uh, the recruitment for him if they really want to. Um, It seems like he could be another kind of top target guy when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so too. I know he's buddies with Giles Jackson, who was really a vocal recruiter when he was – in the 2019 class. So that's good to have him in his ear. Um, yeah, like you said, he's a little bit taller, so he'll be a good choice for the outside. Uh, another guy who's got some good height is Caden Prather out of Maryland. He's six, three, he's going to be a, a good top target for the staff at the outside receiver position moving forward. There hasn't been much about him since he was offered. Um, Penn state's the biggest competition there. I think they have a couple crystal balls, which is unsurprising for the for the DMV guy. Um, so that'll that'll be a fight. Um, but he he's probably one of the other top guys at the the you know no doubt outside receiver mm-hmm. type uh, body. Receiver. Yeah, and then you got to throw in Andrell Anthony as well from East Lansing. Um, it, 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 he his recruitment kind of a little similar to a Corey Kiner running back that we spoke about in the last segment. Uh, he, he goes to uh, high or he grew up, goes to high school in a territory where uh, Michigan rival plays at Michigan state. Of course he plays at East Lansing high school. He's six to 165. So I'm, he's been surrounded by Spartans his entire life. Uh, Michigan offered him before Michigan state did. And it seemed like uh, he was really favoring Michigan and then Michigan State got in uh, with their offer. And um, it, it seems like this is going to be another kind of classic uh, in-state battle between Michigan and Michigan State. And then you can throw Notre Dame in there, too. I know that they offered him as well, and uh, they also like him. So uh, this will be another interesting one. I think if Michigan pushes hard enough, they could probably land him since they offered him first and they've been really on him. I know Josh Gaddis likes him a lot. 
So it uh, could be another pretty interesting recruitment, but at this moment, I would probably say Michigan leads, but it's just not as big of a lead as it once was. Yeah, I, I think people may look at his recruiting ranking and think that uh, he'll he's kind of like a backup plan or whatever, but I think he's a he's a plan a you know top of the target board type guy for Gaddis and uh, the offensive staff. They they really really like him. They're at his basketball games this uh, off season and stuff, and he's also a really good basketball player too. He's just super athletic in general. Um, I think they they love his game. Um, so if if he wanted to commit to Michigan, they would, I think they would absolutely take his commitment. So for your class prediction, you're saying that Michigan, it's likely that Michigan gets Anthony um, and then a guy in the vein of Malcolm Johnson Jr. You say that that's less of a certainty. Um, I would imagine you feel that way just because of the competition that Michigan is going to be going up against. But then you say uh, possibly another smaller guy, um, that comes in. I, I, I think that if they push hard enough for a, a guy like Dekel Crowdis, I think they could they could land him. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they get him on campus. But uh, uh, you say in your prediction, uh, possibly another guy like uh, Jaden Alexis or Devin Kirkwood, who is uh, I think he's listed as an athlete out in California right now. Um, but it, it sounds like he is favoring Michigan at the uh, at the moment, at the very least. Um, so uh, I, I guess I, I, I would imagine that you're probably feeling more confident about this class prediction at the moment than your running backs one. But uh, I, I guess how are you feeling about this one just in general? Yeah, I guess this one's just a little more speculative because there's, uh, like we talked about at the beginning, it's a little – less laid out um, with the, who the top targets are, who's been on campus a bunch, because not a lot of the guys have visited yet compared to the running backs. Mm-hmm. But So I tried to talk a little bit more about the vague, like these types of guys are similar. So this is a, a type I would guess could uh, yeah that could join. Uh, Devin Kirkwood's a bit of, I think he's 6'3", too. So he's a little bit of the taller type. Um, Alexis is six one. He's got kind of got the same body type as uh, Malcolm Johnson. So I'd say um, one of those two guys would probably be on board. Alexis would be a good, uh, a great addition as well. He's kind of got a similar ranking to uh, Andrew Anthony, but like every school in the the country's offered him, and he's got super elite speed. Like he's Malcolm Jack Johnson track star, um, similar to him too. So. Uh, I think he would be a good guy uh, to add if um, with a taller, taller mm-hmm. guy or two um, like Anthony, Caden Prather, yeah, or someone like that, Christian Dixon. Let's move on to uh, tight ends real quick, um, and we, we don't have to talk about this position all that much, just because there are a ton of guys, and I don't want to run through every single guy. Uh, but Michigan's in on a lot of really, really good tight ends in this 2021 class. Um, their top target, it, it seems like without question, is Thomas Fidone, who jumped like hundreds and hundreds of spots in this new rankings update. So they did a really good early evaluation on him. I believe he's like a fringe five star at this point, but he's the number one tight end in the country. Uh, he is from Iowa. It seems like at this point that Nebraska and Iowa are like the two biggest competitors and Iowa, I guess, just because he's uh, living in Iowa currently, but I believe he's from Nebraska, and I think that's why Nebraska has 
uh, a bit of a lead right there on the crystal ball. At the very least, they've got 71% of the crystal balls early on. Uh, but those two will be uh, big contenders. Uh, Michigan will probably be up there as well as uh, Notre Dame will too. So uh, he's your top target for tight end. Uh, a couple other guys, uh, Brock Bowers. I know that he's uh, going to be visiting, I believe, next weekend, if I'm not wrong. Uh, he is he's a four star. He's the number two tight end in the country. He's number 71 overall. He's out in California. And then uh, a couple other guys just to roll through real quick. Uh, Michael Trigg is another guy who is uh, really high on Michigan, as is Lewis Hansen. And uh, I'm going to butcher this uh, pronunciation here, uh, John, but Maliki Matavo. I don't know if that's all correct, but I, I think that's close enough. He's from Nevada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds good yeah, to me. Good. So uh, yeah. he's from Nevada. Uh, he used to be the number one tight end before the new re-ranks, but uh, is his recruitment kind of seems uh, pretty open at this point. So, I mean, all these guys are pretty much in the top 200 uh, overall. These are all top 10 t- uh, players at their position. So Michigan has uh, all of the options in the world pretty much at the tight end spot in this class. Yeah, I'm very confident with the tight end board um, this this cycle. Uh, you know, there's not like a guy with any Michigan crystal balls or someone that seems to be leaning towards Michigan strongly at this point, but there's just so many options right now that all have very strong interest in Michigan. Almost all the guys that we mentioned, uh, Fidon, Bowers, Mataveo, um, all have plans or currently scheduled uh, visits for the spring so they'll see Michigan um, soon they just the odds are they're going to get one of these guys um, one of them's going to fall their way um, and he'll be a solid four-star type like you said they're all bunched together kind of in the near uh, in the top 200-ish type uh, ranking so I, I think no matter what happens Michigan's going to end up with a really solid tight end in this class which is unsurprising when you have a guy like Sharon Moore recruiting the position um, he's he's uh, one of the best recruiters on the staff if not the best so uh, he's going to be uh, helping out a lot with getting uh, another big time you know not, now that, that you say Matt Aveo, now that I'm reading it and you say that I think that is how you pronounce it so good on you John I will give you uh a bonus points for that one, Mataveo, Maliki Mataveo. I'm gonna have to practice my pronunciation on that one. But um... I was the <laughs> last name. I didn't even. Okay, all right. Well, we'll uh, uh, we we'll pat ourselves on the back for uh, for that one. But uh, but real quick, we'll just go to your class prediction for for this too. Um, so you're you're saying uh, that uh, you don't think that they could pull Fidon uh, from either Iowa or Nebraska, but you do have confidence about Bowers at the moment and then uh, followed by Hanson and Mataveo. Um, so I, I guess, do you think at this point that Bowers is, is the guy for Michigan to lose given that he's already shown interest? He's going to be visiting next week. I would imagine that he'd probably do an official at some point over the summer too, or perhaps for a game, just depending on how far he wants to uh, have his recruitment go. Um, I, I think that's probably Michigan's best bet at this point, and uh, I, I would imagine that that's probably how you feel too. Yeah, I, I don't think it would go quite as far to say to lose. That could 
um, be the position after his visit. I could see crystal balls coming in for him after his unofficial, but you still have to go after, you know, the California schools and some other uh, top ones in the, the West coast. Um, so it'll, it'll still be a battle there, but yeah, I, I'd say Bowers looks good. I, Matt Avail also looks like he's uh, really interested in Michigan a lot. And then uh, I think also threw in there that Michigan, I think, would would take a flyer. And I mean, I guess it's not a flyer since he's a four star now. But Michael Trigg from from Florida, he was he was unranked before these rankings too. And like he's right. like Prophet Brown, where he went from unranked to a four star, and, and he was even higher than Brown. Um, and he he just started playing football. He was a basketball guy before, and I mean, tons of schools across the country are, are offering him because they love his athletic potential. He's just kind of one of those freaks that you give him a couple seasons on campus, and he could turn into, you know, a first round type guy because he has all the the tools you want. So I think they want to develop a guy like that, and wouldn't mind taking him along with another more traditional tight mm-hmm. end just to to stow him away and uh, develop him for later. All right, let's move away from football, and we'll, we'll wrap up the pod today and just hit real quick on basketball. Uh, Josh Christopher, uh, if you're not familiar with Josh Christopher, uh, first of all, what's wrong with you? Secondly, he is a, a five-star guard in the uh, 2020 class uh, for Michigan basketball. and He announced on uh, Twitter pretty recently that uh, he's getting real close to making his decision and uh, he pretty much just dropped his top four. And uh, Michigan is firmly in that top four, uh, along with UCLA, Arizona State, and Missouri. And uh, just given the trajectory of all four of those programs, uh, just based on that alone, I would imagine that Michigan is the choice. But all the crystal balls, literally all of them, are in favor of Michigan right now. Um, it, it used to, He used to be a, a heavy lean to UCLA, and then his buddy, uh, uh, Sharif O'Neal, who is a Shaq son, ended up transferring away to LSU. Arizona State's been in this one for a little while just because his brother goes to Arizona State. But his brother, I guess, has been pretty vocal to him in regards to uh, forging your own path and uh, choosing where you want to go, not just, you know, go to Arizona State just because I go here, but um, – that he would want to go there just because he wants to go there. Missouri, I uh, quite honestly have no idea uh, anything that has to do with. Uh, is that what it is? On the staff there. Okay, that's that's a connection there. It's like he's like a so pretty much his coach, connections yeah. to all four of these schools were Michigan. Pretty much no connection to anybody. Arizona State's his brother is cousins with Missouri, and his best friend was at UCLA. So. Uh, it's looking pretty good for Michigan at this point, all things considered, John. I would imagine that whenever he ends up deciding whether it be next week or at the end of this week or, you know, whenever, I would imagine that Michigan would be uh, the one receiving the, the good news. Yeah, if you look at it on paper, like all signs point to Michigan. The crystal balls all flip right before he uh, puts out a top four and says he's committing soon. But I feel like everyone's just kind of still waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. Because they're Michigan fans, we can't have nice things. So everyone's just kind of waiting for something bad to happen. Um, but you know, if it was any other uh, school or race, uh, a recruitment, you know, that was going on, then it would it would seem like a, a lock to Michigan that he's going to choose Michigan when he decides that date. Now that his high school season's over, um, so just try to try to be objective and think of it like a, a non-Michigan mm-hmm. fan would. Um, that 
if, if this was Ohio State or whatever, then yeah, you'd have no issue thinking that this person was going to choose your school. So I think uh, when the time comes, it, it should be Michigan and should wrap up a pretty historic recruiting class for John Howard. Yeah, I, I just added up the uh, the points on the uh, 24-7 calculator uh, for the 2020 class. And if they add Christopher, mm-hmm. they'd be at 69.64, which would uh, keep them at number four overall. Uh, Kentucky obviously having the number one class uh, and then Duke having the number two and North Carolina having the number three. So they would be right up there with, uh, with, with the better classes in the country. They already are. Uh, they, but they firmly put themselves in the top five when it's all said and done. So I would anticipate uh, pretty decent news out of this one. I, I think uh, when it's all said and done, I do think that he will pick Michigan uh, it's just a matter of, uh, in my opinion, at least it's a matter of when, not if. So who knows? I mean, recruiting uh, has had its uh, strange moments over the years since since I've been paying attention to it. So um, I would imagine that weirder things have happened in recruiting uh, if Christopher were to choose a place like Arizona State or uh, Missouri or UCLA. So we'll certainly see. But uh, as of right now, I would anticipate some pretty good news. But uh, until that day comes, uh, we will leave you at that. Uh, you can uh, uh, find me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where can they find you at on Twitter? At you can Simmons follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Give Maze and Brew a like on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Give a five-star reviews to all of our podcast that we have here on uh, mazebrew.com. You can uh, find us again on uh, Future Brew here next week. We will be back with another episode. And uh, John Simmons, I know that you have uh, uh, some more uh, articles to crank out for the uh, 2021 target board. I would anticipate we probably uh, roll through those next week for our uh, lovely viewers at home. So uh, for John, I am Vaughn. We will talk to you guys next week and go blue.